Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show. Sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. the track the hot pass racing network puts you at the track with arca and all the major nascar series from daytona to the final checkered flag the hot pass racing network is your inside pass hey how's it going great how about yourself good awesome well thank you um for spending some time with us this afternoon um this weekend at Dover, you are one of our Dash for Cash qualifiers. Um, what would it mean to you to uh, win that Dash for Cash bonus this weekend? Oh man, <laughs> that would be awesome. I mean, it, that would, uh, you know, it would definitely be for three in a row for College Racing this year would be incredible. So I know the guys at the shop would probably love that, um, but. Yeah, I mean, for me, it would just be incredible to even race for the Dash for Cash. It's something that I've never done before. Um, doing it two weeks in a row um, is really exciting. I feel like I was just just a few feet away from it last week at Talladega. Um, but um, I'm ready for the challenge. Anything fun or special you would do with the money? <laughs> <laughs> um, Beckham, on his way to school this morning, asked me if uh, if I won the Dash for Cash, if we could buy a motorhome. Uh, but uh, I told him, uh, I, t- I told him probably not. <laughs> Just a lot of Shirley Temples, I guess. <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, we will um, go into. I would probably, time. actually, honestly, I would probably buy some crypto uh, with the Dash for Cash is what I'd do. That's there what i do. Go. <laughs> All right. Well, we will go into questions for you now from the media, and we will start things off with Rob Johnson. Go ahead, Rob. Thanks, Samantha. And good to see you, my friend. Uh, it's hey, been a while. <laughs> So a couple of questions for you to start things up. Obviously, you caught off to a little bit of a slow start to start this season, but you guys have been cranking it out, and it seems like you and crew chief Jason Chinchera are hitting on the right notes. So, I mean, Dover hasn't been really a great track for you, but what are some things that you guys are doing ahead of time to kind of have a strong finish and chance at win? Um, really just the same process as every week for me right now. Um, looking at pit road, looking at um, the historical race, what – um, what the fast drivers did, what the guys that maybe underperformed should have been doing, the guys that overperformed what they did right, um, and just trying to piece it all together every single day uh, and making a plan for myself on the driver side, um, just what, you know, what, what potential scenarios there are out there and what my goals are for the week. Oh, absolutely. And my last question for you in a bit of a lighthearted note you mentioned it to me in an interview at Atlanta, but what started the whole ice cream in Shirley Temple thing with your with your kids and family? Uh, at this point, I don't even remember. I think maybe my wife um, put it out there for the kids that if we got a top five, they could have Shirley Temples. And so, yeah, that's they've. I think after Atlanta, they chose ice cream instead of Shirley Temples. After Martinsville, they we went out for Shirley Temples. And uh, and we made Shirley Temples at the Castle House the other night um, for Talladega. Well, awesome. Best of luck this weekend, man. Thanks, Rob. Next question will come from Marty Sickler. Go ahead, Marty. Thanks, Sam. Landon, uh, thanks for the time, man. Hope you're well. So how has it been returning to a race-winning team in college racing for the first time since you were at Junior Motorsports? 
It's been awesome. I mean, it's a great organization. The cars are fast. There's a lot of smart people there. So I've been, you know, thrilled and honored to work with them. Uh, Jason and I get along really well. We, um, you know, we love diving into the data together and looking at these races and just trying to master these, these cars and this, these tracks. So in the short time that I've been here, um, for me, it's just been a great experience, uh, especially because I feel like I've, I can, you know, I just got a lot of trust in the equipment and, and trust in this organization that they're giving me fast cars. Um, and I feel like it's, it's, if the cars, you know, I've said this many times, but it's like, I feel like even if the cars aren't where they need to be, it's uh, the people are there to, to get them where they need to be. And that's what, you know, Chris Rice is really good at doing. Jason, obviously, Alex Yance on the 11, um, Bruce over on the, on the 16. I mean, the, the whole leadership at this organization um, is extremely capable and, and they have the desire to win. So it's, it allows me to just make sure that I'm bringing everything I can possibly bring as a driver. Now I got to ask, uh, AJ Allmendinger knows that Justin Haley is his team son. Does AJ have a family nickname for you or not really? <laughs> I don't know yet. Uh, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't gotten one yet. Okay. I mean, he could be, he could be like your brother or something. You guys are, you're maybe. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. Thank you, man. Good luck this weekend. Thanks Marty. My question will come from Brendan Carroll. Go ahead, Brendan. Uh, so, Landon, you're, you're 11 points at the moment. You have three top fives and five top tens on the season so far. Um, what's it like, uh, well, what's it like uh, driving for colleague right now and having this much success and you're pointing together a string of top tens here? You know, it, it's just, I feel like, um, I hope it's just a product of the process and the work uh, and and not luck on my part. I mean, I know the cars are capable of it. Um, so, you know, I think that just hoping that I'm doing all the right things and um, and continue and that that continues. And what's it like having a partner like Voyager? Oh, Voyager is an incredible partner. I mean, I you know, I wouldn't be here without him. Um, I wouldn't be here without crypto and just that entire community and, and, you know, getting me involved, getting involved in it many years ago. Um, So I'm extremely appreciative of that. Um, You know, Voyager is just an incredible business and incredible platform. You know, they've seen so much growth in the last year, year and a half um, and, and really is a perfect, they're in a great place to reach out to, to NASCAR fans because, um, the platform is incredibly easy to use and, and onboard new crypto users. Um, so it's a great place to introduce NASCAR fans to crypto, to Voyager, and, and it's pretty um, – I'm, I'm really happy to have this opportunity. Thank you. Good luck this weekend. Thanks. Next we'll go to Dustin Long. Go ahead, Dustin. Hey, Landon, um, can you explain just how your use of social media, particularly Twitter, maybe has evolved over time? And what are things that you are you might be intrigued about with my, what might happen next with uh, Musk uh, uh, going through the process of purchasing it? Um, man, you know, for me, Twitter is just like been my place to go to 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 reach my community and fans. I mean, I, I use Discord pretty heavily for community as well, um, through eRacer primarily. 
which is mine and Parker Kligerman's um, esports sort of version of our, our motorsports communities. Uh, but Twitter is like my number one place for, for all of my race fans, um, crypto Twitter, you know, politics, whatever it may be, just news and, and things like that. So I spend a lot of time there. And so the, the evolution of my Twitter use has been, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I guess I've never really thought about my evolution, Dustin. I mean, I, I've, I've used it for having fun and just engaging with people constantly. I mean, that's really um, how it's, how it's always been for me. Um, I've always kept it myself. I don't do very much like promoted um, posting. I do, you know, from time to time you'll see some mentions and things like that. You know, I've never really given anybody the keys to my Twitter account before um, or at least not very rarely. Um, it's usually just me and it's my conversation and it's things that I'm thinking. Um, you know, the Elon Musk's acquisition of Twitter is, is pretty interesting. Uh, and I'll be excited to watch it for me. It's at first glance, it's just astounding to think that someone could spend, um, can just pony up, uh, you know, $44 billion, um, and take a company, um, all right, guys. Hey, I'd like to welcome to the show. Hey, on his first time win this year in the Arkham Menard Series in the General Tire 200 at Talladega, Nick Sanchez. Welcome to the show, Nick. Hey, thank you for having me. Hey, Nick. You got Kyle here. Uh, my first question for you is: uh, talk a little bit about the the, la- the end of that race. Uh, you were in the right place at the right time when the caution flew in and the checkers came out. Yeah, you know that that ending was not what I what I had all expected um the the race to end um obviously it kind of caught me off guard and made me do some aggressive <laughs> aggressive moves on that last restart. But yeah, you know, we were in the right place at the right time, you know, up until that point I think we were we were running a pretty conservative and smart race and then you know, obviously people started making moves to ultimately get the win and you know, we we found ourselves get kind of hung and get shuffled back a little bit. Um and then obviously there, um, on, in the in that lap leading up to that caution, we were able to you know rally on the high line and you know just be at the right place at the right time and you know pounce on other people's mistakes. Nick, talk a little bit about how your Xfinity Series debut went at Phoenix. Uh, your first start with DJ McLeod Motorsports. How did that go overall for you? Yeah, I mean I think it, it went as good as you could ask um, for the situation, right? You know. Uh, um, first race, you know, obviously had never been in the car um, before there, before before that day. Um, but you know, a lot of firsts for me, a lot of pit stops. Um, you know, learning a car, a crew, um, and you know, really a new way of racing a racetrack with that package um, that the Xfinity car has. Uh, so yeah, you know, I feel like I tried to make as little mistakes as possible. And you know, um, you know, we obviously there at the end, we didn't really get lucky with the with the way we were approaching that last stage, um, with there not being a caution, but. Uh, learned a lot and, you know, uh, lots to improve on. My last question for you is uh, next up on the Arkham Menard Series, Taurus, Kansas, you won there last fall. Do you think we will see a different race that is in the daytime, maybe opposed to the nighttime? Um, yeah, I really wouldn't uh, say so much the, the time of day that matters. Um, you know, we'll be the first series to race on track. You know, last year we raced right after the Xfinity Series, so they kind of, 
dusted off their high line for us. So um, I think we'll be a little more wrapped around the bottom and, you know, middle groove this time around. Hey, Nick, you got Rowdy here. Uh, Nick, congratulations on your win again. Uh, have you ever put any seat time in at Homestead, Miami? Um, Never. So, Nick, what is that? would that be considered your home track? I mean, you growed up in Miami in the go-kart scene and, now you're living in Charlotte or North Carolina in Charlotte. Uh, would that be your, kind of your dream return? <clears throat> um, yeah, that, that would 100% be my home track. You know, my first time ever in a racing vehicle was actually at the car track at that track. But, you know, um, I, I grew up about 20 minutes away from that track. So uh, definitely, definitely my home track and, you know, looking forward to going there. Well, uh, they're actually, you know, they've got that race now in October, which I think is a is a good time, but I hope it gets back, Nick, where they will kind of rotate back to Homestead because it is absolutely beautiful down there in November to finish the season, and it's always been a great time. But, Nick, uh, you know, y'all come out to the stage and kind of hung up, was on our show a little bit beginning of the year, but if I'd have looked at you and said, I think you're going to win Talladega, what kind of thoughts would have went through your mind at that point? Um, yeah, obviously, you know, it's never a given to win. Um, so, obviously, I feel like along with everyone else, you know, you don't believe it until you see it. Um, but, yeah, obviously, really pumped to get that win and uh, hopefully hopefully get many more. Well, Nick, uh, I kind of, when I walk through the field first after three or four hours, I usually talk to Kyle that afternoon and Kyle asked me what I thought, and I said, I believe the number two or the number six is going, they seem to be on the game. And y- y'all seem to be on it from the beginning to the very end, uh, Nick. But w- let's talk about the guys that kind of got you there, because I know it, you know, it takes a team to get you in the winner's circle. Yeah, um, you know, everyone from Rev Race, you know, obviously start from the top, Max Eagle, um put a great group of guys and great team together to go win races. And, you know, uh, everyone else on Rev, uh, my crew guys, my mechanics, um, you know, everyone on Rev that helps that helps um, and contributes to getting to victory lane, you know, couldn't be there without them. And, you know, uh, I feel like this win just motivates them. And especially being so early on in the season, it sets a really good uh, tone for the rest of the year. Well, Nick, you know, with uh... – NASCAR going to Bristol and racing on dirt now. Do you? I, I would think considering the coin and Springfield really important in a stock car to get an edge on some of the guys that don't have dirt experience. Um, yes and no, right? You know, obviously a stock car is still going to drive like a stock car no matter what surface you put it on. And you know, the Springfield and the coin races, pretty much like a slick asphalt track. You know, it gains so much rubber, you just run the bottom. So I really wouldn't call it a dirt track. You know, I've had the opportunity to run micros at like Millbridge and places like that. And, you know, from what I see, it's a totally different type of racing. Um, but it, it works better in my favor since I feel like you don't have to have dirt experience and have, not having dirt experience almost helps in those situations because you don't have bad habits from uh, other dirt vehicles. Well, Nick, your mom and dad was proud of you. What was the night like uh, to be a winner at Talladega Super Speedway? Yeah, they were obviously very happy. Um, I guess whenever someone's son succeeds in a sporting event or even life, uh, they, 
the, the parents get excited, but you know, they're, they're, they've always been really supportive of my career and they continue to support me. So uh, uh, for all of us to be able to celebrate a win like that is really cool. Uh, let's talk about your sponsors. It helps you go. Nick. Um, yeah, obviously Max Eagle, team Chevy, um, rubber racing, um, those three really helped me <laughs> really are the only reason I'm at the track every week. So, uh, yeah. Um, thanks to them for, you know, believing in me and, uh, continuously believing in me. Well, uh, tell everybody where they can follow and keep up with you for the season 2022. Oh, of course. All my socials are Nick Sanchez, zero eight zero. Um, good, good look at my life there. Well, Nick, con- congratulations again. Uh, Kansas next race, and you know how to get to winter circle there. So good luck and uh, safe journeys, my friend. I really appreciate it. Have a good one. Nick Sanchez, uh, Kyle, winner of the General Tire 200 at uh, Talladega Super Speedway last weekend. What a weekend, Kyle. What a weekend. All right. And Kyle's. Kyle's at work, but we got another little clip here I want to play, and uh, we got another guest also. So uh, we just got through listening to Landon Castle, and uh, we'll bring on Michael. This is pre-Dover. Pre, uh, we get a chance to call in and talk to, to Michael McDowell. All right. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to this week's call. We've got Michael McDowell, driver of the number 34 Loves Travel Stops Mustang, joining us for the next 15, 20 minutes. If you've got a question for Michael, by all means, uh, raise your hand and we'll get to just as many questions as we can over the next uh, 20 minutes or so. Let's get kicked off with Rob Tiansen. Rob, why don't you get us started? Go ahead. Thank you, Dan, and thank you for joining us today, Michael. A couple of questions to fire things off. You know, you and your team are on a really great streak. A couple of top tens heading into Dover. So, I mean, what's it like to have all this momentum and everything clicking together for you and your 34 team? Yeah, it's been nice this last couple of weeks, you know, to, to have some solid finishes. Um, you know, the season's been pretty up and down for us so far. You know, we kicked off the year at Daytona with a decent run and had a fast car at California and Vegas, but kind of struggled, um, you know, the last few weeks at, you know, the short tracks with Richmond and, um, and Phoenix and Martinsville. Um, so it's nice to get some momentum. It's nice to, uh, you know, get things rolling in the right direction. Um, you know, Dover is, is a really fun racetrack, really intimidating. I think we're all a bit nervous with this uh, next-gen car, just, um, you know, not nervous with what's going to happen with it, but more of just how they're going to drive because it's such a fast racetrack, a lot of loading. Um, and so it's going to be a, a challenge that, that first couple laps when you unload there to see what you have. No, absolutely. And kind of a serious question to ask. I don't mean to rock the boat if it's not something I can ask, but obviously we saw what happened on Monday with Eddie Hamlin's tweet. And I know NASCAR is trying to do a better job with inclusion. What's your thoughts on this when you realize, you know, one of your fellow competitors says what he thought was funny, when in reality it's probably not a good thing to say? Yeah, you know, I'm, I don't know where to go with all of it. It's kind of why I stay off social media, to be honest with you. Um, you know, everything is taken you know so seriously and out of context and um you know and i think that that's the problem with with social media is you don't know you don't know the person's intention you don't know you know what they're trying to communicate um and it's 
you know, it's a, it's a dangerous partners in your team and all the people around you. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really have a lot of input. Honestly, I didn't know about it until my, my cousin sent me a text and asked me, Hey, did you see what happened? And I'm like, what do you mean? What did happen? And so then I had to go look, um, you know, it's just, obviously we're, we're in a, uh, you know, predominant sport and, you know, the athletes and drivers are, you know, held at a, a high standard. And, you know, I think that that's okay. And I think that that's good. Um, but at the same time, you know, I feel like we're, you know, it's, you got to be super careful everything you say and do. Absolutely. Well, best of luck this weekend, Michael. Hope to see you soon. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Rob. Marty Sakala, you're up. Thanks, Dan. Michael, thanks for the time. And you're making me jealous with the blue skies. We've got snow up in <laughs> Rochester, New York. So uh, starting things off, you've got an average finish of 20.1. Obviously, with the exception of last year, would you consider 2022 uh, the best start you've had in a season? Um, I think it is, you know, other than 2021, like you said, I, you know, as far as having three top tens, you know, in 10 races, that's definitely the best, you know, start that we've had minus last year. Um, and I think that there's a lot of potential with this next gen car for us to have more, you know, good results and being contention. And, um, and, and we were optimistic about that, you know, going into the season that this could be a, a year for us to really have an opportunity to shine and, and to get better results. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I think there's still a lot to come this year. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, some of the, the tracks that we have circled, um, and seeing where we can stack up against, you know, the competition. But there's a, you know, a tremendous amount of development that's going on right now, you know, and there seems to be teams that are uh, sorting it out pretty quickly. And so, you know, we have to make sure that we keep up with, you know, the, the rapid pace of the development of a brand new car. I don't think we had you on as well since uh, the Bristol dirt race. Were you surprised that uh, with your road racing background though, you were able to finish in ninth? Uh, I was pretty, you know, I was happy. I, I, I wouldn't say surprised. Um, I think I finished 12th there last year. So I had a decent run and, and was learning a lot throughout the weekend. Um, but my, my crew chief, Blake Harris, he's got a tremendous amount of uh, dirt experience and from a driving standpoint and from a crew chief standpoint, so I felt like I had a little bit of, a, you know, an upper hand in that regard of somebody that really understood, you know, how the track was changing, what we needed to do change-wise, setup-wise. So, you know, that felt really good having somebody in your corner that with a lot of experience on the dirt. And I think that that played a big part of our result, you know, getting another top 10. Thank you, man. Good luck to you this weekend at Dover. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Marty. Again, if you've got a question for Michael, please raise your hand and uh, we'll get to you uh, in line here. Let's uh, Nathan Solomon. You're up next. Go ahead, Nathan. Thank you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for the time today, Michael. Just a couple questions kind of previewing this weekend. Uh, obviously it's kind of the first concrete race uh, of 2022 with the wider tire. Uh, kind of how do you anticipate that will, that'll affect tire wear on Sunday? Yeah, we don't know yet. Um, that's one of the big question marks. You know, this this tire in general, um, you know, being wider and, and obviously with the wheels, you know, seems to cool a lot better um, than our previous car. And so, you know, a lot of the wear issues and things have been different. Um, you know, I wouldn't say there has been less wear. It's just been different. Uh, definitely less heat. Um, but like you said, you know, Dover's concrete. It's, it's pretty abrasive. Um, typically there on a green track, you know, a track that doesn't have any rubber, you're only about 10 or 15 laps into it before you start, you know, seeing cords. Um, 
And so in that 25 minute pra- or the 20 minute practice that we have, I'm not sure, um, you know, if we'll have a good indication of where things are at. I- I'm definitely, you know, thankful we're in that second group of practice um, just because I feel like that first group will lay down some rubber and give us a better indication of, you know, where the tire wear is going to be. Um, but I feel like Goodyear's done a really good job, you know, with not a lot of, um, you know, information and experience with this car. You know, the tires so far have been really good um, as far as fall off and durability. And so I feel like they've hit it pretty well so far this year, and hopefully Dover will be the same. And at times kind of with, with, the, with, the, um, with the Gen 6 car, I think there's a, a bit of a debate kind of about if the speeds were safe or not. Um, what do you kind of think the speeds will be like this weekend with, uh, with the car? Yeah, I think that, you know, lap time will probably be pretty similar um, to what we've seen in the, in the past there, just with, like you said, the bigger tire is going to have a bit more grip, um, you know, a little bit different aero package, obviously with downforce levels and, and, you know, horsepower, but, you know, I think that it'll actually be pretty close at, at Dover as far as lap time, you know, within three or four tenths of where we were last year. So um, I don't think it'll be a huge, huge, um, you know, difference there. Thank you. All right, Kelly Crandall, how are you? I'm good, Dan. How are you? I'm great. Go ahead, ask your question for Mr. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Michael, I got a couple here. Let's go back to, you were talking about the car there, about being optimistic about the rest of the year, and there's more to come. So it sounds like um, you and, and everybody at Front Row are, are, are pretty high on this car. Is it doing uh, what you guys expected it to as far as competition, as far as you guys adapting to it? Um, I think it's done what we anticipated um, in some regards. You know, I think that the the hardest thing for us has probably been the challenge of just the limited amount of, of practice that you have. And with the newness of this car, um, you know, you, you want to try a lot of things because it's so new. And so you want to try different packages, different geometries, springs, stiff, soft, bars, no bars, there's a lot of things that you want to work through that you can't work through in those 20 minutes that you have leading into the race. Um, so I feel like it's kind of ebbed and flowed a little bit as far as the small teams being able to perform um, because there's been tracks where it seems like we're closer to the competition than we were last year. And then there's been tracks where we feel like we're pretty similar. Um, but I think that that's going to, you know, in the next few weeks, you know, and, and definitely in the next few months, we'll have a better handle of what we need to do um, to get us closer to the competition. So I hope that it plays out how we anticipated it. You know, on the business side, I'm not really sure, you know, as far as the expense and, and whether it's saving the team's money and, and all the things that go along with, um, you know, what made this, you know, move really important. Um, but from a competition standpoint, you know, I feel like we've closed the gaps at some places and, and at others were similar. Uh, but I feel like there's a potential that we will still be able to close the gaps um, even, even more so. So I feel good about what the car's done. And I wanted to ask about the playoffs. Obviously, you were in them last year, right, from the first race. So are you thinking about playoffs at this point? Is it something to where you feel like you have, you and your team have to back that up and get back in? You know, I definitely feel like, um, you know, you're always thinking about winning a race, which puts you in the playoffs, right? Um, you know, I think what it, does, what it did for me last year and what it did for our team um, 
really emphasized to us the importance of it, the importance of making the playoffs, the importance of winning a race. I mean, it just did so much for our organization and our partners. And, um, you know, it's just a big, big part of our sport to be able to do that. And so more emphasis are on trying to win than, uh, than the playoffs, but the playoffs come with it. Um, you know, added pressure. I don't feel like it's any added pressure because it's already there. You're always trying to perform at a high level and you're always trying to get that win. Um, and we're not thinking about pointing our way into it. I mean, it is possible. We're still early into the season. Um, but we look at it as, you know, we have to win to, to have a spot in that. So we're just focusing on giving ourselves the best chance of that. Thank you. All right, let's go to Brendan Carroll. Go ahead, Brendan. So obviously NASCAR wants to have uh, the field closer together with the small teams and the bigger teams. Uh, how, how do you feel the uh, next gen car has been uh, like working with your, your team and getting to like the front? Like we've seen petty GMS, uh, petty GMS running up front, uh, pretty regularly now uh we, we've seen uh tra- track house with now with two wins on the season uh so can you tell me a bit about like that yeah so i think that the car has done a good job as far as leveling those things out um but you know those organizations that you mentioned you know also had a big influx of cash and capital come into those programs and as you guys know in motorsports that's a big part of development and having you know the right resources and funds to get the right people and do all those things so I'm not surprised that those teams are more competitive than they were last year Um, so that that's I don't think that you know that is a great indication of where all the small teams will be um, you know because those weren't small organizations those were big organizations that got bigger um, with new ownership and you know with um, you know, new opportunities. So I think those, those circumstances are a little bit different. Um, but I do feel like that there is more of an opportunity with this next gen car than with the previous, you know, generation. Thank you. Have a good, uh, race on Sunday. Thank you. appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Brendan. Let's go to Casey Campbell. Hello, Casey, go ahead. Casey, you're muted, bud. Oh, there I am. There you go. Um, hope you're well, Dom. And Michael, I hope you're well as well. Um, so going into this um, this season, we're 10 races in. How do you feel like you and front – where do you guys think you're at right now? Yeah, I mean, even though we've had some good good runs here the last couple of weeks, I don't feel like we're where we need to be. Um, but I feel like there's the potential to get to where we need to be. So I'm not discouraged by where we're at. Um, but it's, it's not gone as well as we'd hoped. Um, but at the same time, like I said, we're, we're learning this new car, we're learning these new packages and, uh, we, there's been places we just haven't hit it yet. And so, um, as- all right, everyone, we're going, we'll bring Michael on later this, uh, this afternoon. But, uh, first I'd like to welcome Kavosha Howells to the show, and Kavosha was at Talladega last weekend for an absolutely wonderful weekend. My question, was you there? What time did you get there Saturday, Kavosha? Yes, sir. Well, I was just actually there for 
Sunday. Um, I kind of peeped into the races. I kind of followed the races online on Saturday. But Sunday I was able to get out there um, around noon. I wanted to get out there a little earlier, but um, as I spoke to you um, at the um, at the track, that it was actually my my father's like birthday celebration weekend, so we took him out the day before and got a little. I don't want to say crazy, but he needed a little rest before we went out there. So we got out there around noon, and that's when we were able to come in and check out the Talladega Garage experience. Uh, Kvosha, was did y'all go to the Stallions game on Saturday night? Is that was that the same weekend? Yes, sir. The um, the Stallions was playing the um, Houston Gamblers at Protect the Life Stadium in Birmingham, and um, my dad has fond memories of the Birmingham Stallions back in the '80s. So I wanted to take him out to a game there. And that was his first um, first game from the revitalized USSL since that time in the '80s. So. Well, I was a season ticket holder, and I I did not miss a game that was played in Birmingham that. <laughs> Went championship and all. I've been through all the all the previous teams, but to bring the USFL back to Birmingham in the new stadium, I, I think that's going to be a winning combination there. Yes, I even have fun memories of him taking us out to see the um, the fire and the Barracudas, and um, even when the short time we had the arena football team, the Steel Dogs, we went out to a game there. So football is is just as uh, is really big in our family. So when I saw the Stallions would come back and those stories he used to tell back in the day when we go to fire games about the Stallions, it was, it was it was a good time to, you know, help him celebrate his 66th birthday. Well, he'll say his sixth birthday. <laughs> well, you know how I'm telling you, things come back around in my life. There's no telling. We probably met back in the day because I'm – but there was a lot of group of people there. But – at that point, we were able to – I knew the players after Cliff style, uh, you know, and, I, well, you had Joe Cribbs at the very end. I mean, we had a great team in Birmingham, but to see that name in USFL back is great. But what about Sunday's race? I mean, uh, it was records and checkers for your for your guy, but you know what? Mm-hmm. It's the final lap at, at uh, Talladega, and you got to do all you get, can do to get to the front. Yeah, I mean, Dega's just known for, you know, the hustle and bustle and, you know, one wrong move and one right move is a wreck. So, I mean, Carr, which could have you know, pulled it off in the end like we did, um, like he did at the beginning of the end of stage one. But, you know, there's a long season ahead, and hopefully he can he can bounce back in the 23 race. He can bounce, bounce, bounce back as well. Uh, he's a super speedway driver. Uh, I was, oh, yeah. I'm lucky <laughs> enough. I'm on I'm, – I'm on uh, Facebook with his grandmother, Jacqueline. And okay. after I was I was at Talladega when he won it in October. Got a lot of footage. And I, her and I being Facebook friends, I thought, well, you know, maybe I can send her something that she didn't get to see on TV. And she sent me back this OMG. How did, how did you know that I didn't get to see the end of the race. I had to take my 90-year-old friend to the doctor, and it took too long. So I just went ahead and sent her every picture I had and made her day. I mean, it absolutely made her day. But uh, racing, it gets in your blood. Was that the first time your dad had been to Talladega? Yes. That was the first time he's um, been to Dega, and – like I said, it was a bucket list item for him. And 
Um, he's um, he's undergone some health issues over the past 12 months since his last birthday. And um, I just wanted to, you know, since the Lord just blessed us with this second chance of life with him, I definitely wanted to make this particular birthday around really special for him. And when I got a chance to take him to Data, um, that was the one thing he mentioned because it was actually a surprise that morning. I just told him to just be ready, and I'm going to pick you up, and we're going to go. <laughs> and as soon as he got into the car, I gave him the safety uh, earmuffs that I purchased. It's like, hey, here's a hint. Can you guess? And <laughs> he actually used to work in the um, industry, the um, industrial industry here around the um, Birmingham metropolitan area, and they would have to wear a similar thing. On he would have to wear similar, um, uh, I guess you should say, safety device around his ears when he was working. So he joked and said, "Oh, yeah. you're taking me back to work?" I was like, "Yes, um, I need to get my inheritance up. Um, uh, I need you back at working to get the social security. I just want to make sure I'm right, so I need you to get back to work." But um, no, that's when I surprised him with the passes to Dega, and he was like, "Oh." It was really a big surprise to him. Like I said, that's what I learned. It was a bucket list item for him. And I know he's mentioned it before in the past because um, as I say that I'm born and raised in Birmingham, but I'm really actually from Fairfield, Alabama, um, which is a suburb of Birmingham, which um, Willie Mays was actually born, born and raised. And literally a stone throw away from Fairfield, anyone who's listening who's familiar with the area is Furytown, Alabama. So, and that's the home of the Alabama game. And um, even though, like I said, never went out to the track growing up around the area, I knew about the Allisons, the Allison family, the Bunnett family, um, how tremendous of an impact Dale Earnhardt left on Talladega, even though he's from, from not from here. And um, like I said, and I've mentioned, um, and I learned even more about the NASCAR industry and just motorsports in general when I was able to obtain an um, internship with NASCAR about 10 years ago. And I was stationed in Charlotte where I was able to visit a few um, races and tracks around the country and also um, cover them from a satellite point of view in these studios in Charlotte. And I really grew to learn to to grow a, an appreciation for NASCAR and the most for industry. Well, I know, you know, in what I do, I get to meet a lot of interns. So, you, you know, and the success after that's pretty good. Uh, you know, what, what do you do now? Uh, you're in Alabama media, uh, media group. Yes, sir. Um, I work for a division of AL.com called um, Reckon South where we explore a lot of the, um, you should say, the unknown, untold stories of Southern underdogs, like, like we like to call them, and bring them to light to show that the South is not a monolith. Like, we're not just, you know, sweet tea and back porch, uh, <laughs> good old time, and, and um, you know, anything that symbolizes South, that we're more than just what, like you say, Yankees would say that we are. And so that's what a lot of my work does is explore those what we call nuanced areas of the South to show that, you know, we're a full body of people. We're not just hillbillies and hicks and whatnot. We are people who have something to say and contribute to 
not only our southern region but to the country as a whole. So that's what I do now as a explore those stories as a video video journalist for Reconcile, which is like I said, a part of L dot com and the Alabama Media Group. Well, uh there was a there was a lot of stories that comes out of Talladega. I'm telling you what first of all it's yeah. probably one of the best weekends that, that we've I've witnessed in a long time. Oh, what's up? How, how did it stand out from all of your experience so far? If you mind me turning the tables on you for a second. <laughs> well, you know, up until COVID, I had been going. I was regular. I, you know, started in like '92, and uh, in '92. Kind of went, started taking my family involved, and then we went through kids growing up, and it turned out I bought, I, I used to take a lot of kids to the race, thinking when I get my age now, these kids would be taking me, and <laughs> they lost interest. I mean, my son, my son stopped about four years ago, and that absolutely killed me. But. Mm. You just got to know, you know, the Rowdy Maglite developed from out there, and as as they fell off, my life in the media end picked up, and I, I I'm not I'm not missing a beat now. You know, I'm I'm able to go. Actually, this that Talladega, not counting NASCAR and small tracks, this was my 14th race this year, and I'm going to Darlington next weekend for to cover that race. So I'm really living oh, a blessed okay. life. That's a little go to Darlington. That's another track I've been wanting to um to witness as well as um Bristol. Even though I lived in Knoxville for a while before moving back home here to Birmingham. Yeah, I definitely wanted to check out a race at Bristol and Darlington. So yes. Uh, I'm jealous of y'all <laughs> Well uh, and this weekend was pretty special. I mean it was just a great weekend. Uh, we just had Nick Sanchez that won the ARCA race. Uh, mm-hmm. The race on su- uh, Saturday with Noah Gregson went in there. Great, you know, it's the second victory of the year. He's a, he's he's a good topic for NASCAR. And hey, truly, I thought right there on the last lap, Bubba was right there to to, to take it, but it just didn't mm-hmm. happen. Yeah, and yeah, back to the ARCA race, I thought my guy Roger Cruz has was gonna be able to make some noise here in my like I guess you say my home track because I've been following him for the past month and a half or so. I've picked up on the uh, success he's been having, and I'm also partial to him to root for him because um, I see that he's a um, student at um, Winston Salem State University, which is an HBCU in North Carolina, and I'm a I'm a um, HBCU graduate myself attending Grambling State University, and you know it's just and to not only handle like a full time, well even like full time, but just the strenuous, uh, rigorous training of traveling along the country and making a name for yourself in in thought car racing as well as pulling full time duties as a college student. Especially as an HBCU suit, I just have to, you know, root for the good guy. Root for one of, uh, uh, one someone that who I can definitely relate to a lot. So I'm definitely, hopefully, he can, uh, Roger can make some moves in the ARCA uh, circuit as well. Well, let me tell you, 
as I walked through that pits on Saturday or yeah Saturday morning, and I, I text him. I got to talk to Kyle. I didn't. Tell, I texted him, but I called him later and I said, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be either between Rajah Karuth or Nick Sanchez. He goes, How do you know? Nick I Sanchez. said, I just mm-hmm. feel it, Kyle. I just feel it. And and they jumped out there, and let me tell you, Rajah was right there in the middle of it. He's yeah. been on my mm-hmm. show twice. Rajah, I oh, okay. see Rajah down in the – he was competing down at Five Flags in the ARCA E-Series. And they was a young mm. young man. I mean, Rajah's young too, but I'm talking about a kid probably 12, maybe 10 years old, and was with his oh, parents. Wow. <laughs> uh-huh. And he brought took him over, and this kid – Got he let Rajah let him get in the car before the race and let him sit in the car. They took pictures. I mean, you know, he's the kind of guy that wins over fans. So mm-hmm. we got actually we're gonna have Rajah's gonna be on the show. It's gonna be a pre-taped show. Uh, we're gonna actually have him on Wednesday on the Wednesday show or Wednesday tape and then play it on Thursday night. But both of those guys were on my little show that we do a deal and like I did it. In the garage, uh, Talladega lets me go and do a little broadcast. I do a pre-race and a post-race show from there, and you know it's, it's pretty neat experience. You got to do it. You know, what did your dad think about being able to watch the drivers in the grass and the drivers' introduction out in the grass? Um, it was definitely, I think, an overwhelming experience for him. Like I said, his. Um, when he was thinking about going to Dega for the first time, he just thought he would go as a you know, fan and they'll be in the stands and whatnot and uh, be able to watch the cars around the oval and on the asphalt. But um, like I said, I was able to um, do, uh, I guess you say, um, another like I said, HBCU, HBCU grad, um, the owner of NY Racing Team, uh, John Cohen, um, actually recently do a, did a story of about him um, like I said, exploring those uh you say pockets of the South that are not generally you say uh, like you say are related to the South, especially with black people and African Americans in the South in racing. So I talked to him about his endeavor with you know, NY racing team as well as the um initiative that he's on to highlight HBCUs from around the South on his cars. So, so if you've been Paying attention to Greg Biffle's 44 car over the past few, um, since the beginning of the season, you know, start off with Grambling and uh, Florida A&M yeah. um, University in Tallahassee, and um, as well as Stillman College here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, um, and the recent school was Morehouse, Alabama, which is actually a, yeah. um, the alma mater for the Birmingham mayor, um, Brenda Woodson. So I actually got to talk to John Cohen about that, and during our conversation, we I spoke to him about, yeah, I've, you know, intern, I've been to a few tracks, but I just never been to my home track in Dega. It's like, yeah, won't you? And, I, and you know, gave me the chance to come out there and get the VIP treatment so I was able to give my dad the treatment beyond his dreams, what he thought he could do, uh, what he could see at Dega, and he was just amazed by it, just the, the I guess, the glamour behind it as well as the intricacies of the actual um, game day, like, um, not game day, but the um, race day experience. Um, it's game day it's to really me, too. Day. I mean, I can't help it. It's got that game day atmosphere. You know, I mean, really. Yes, it does. It, 
Yeah, it was just honestly as soon as we hit the gates, um, it was just you could just feel the adrenaline pump it. Especially as we uh made our way to the driver's introduction uh introduction uh stage. It was un it was for him it was I know it's a like once in a lifetime experience, but for me it would really brought back a lot of those memories from my internship and see why I kind of gravitated toward NASCAR and stock car racing in the first place. And uh, I was telling him as we leave, it's kind of re- revitalizing my take on it and maybe um, seeing if I can get back into that world again <laughs> and get paid for it. <laughs> so, yeah, he really enjoyed himself, and and he was even talking about bringing, like, my um, his grandson, my five-year-old nephew, who's obsessed with cars in general. And so hopefully we can bring him down. Um, so maybe in the October race we can go back down and get another experience um, and take him into the actual – get there early enough to get into the garages and actually talk to some of the drivers. And we can find Bubba and actually take a picture with Bubba. <laughs> so where did you actually sit – where did you actually watch the race from? Well, we watched the race from the um, – I guess the Big Bill uh, – Okay, you were sitting Big Bill's garage, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So we watched this from there, and then we went into the, well, as close as the gates as we could for the latter stage as well. So we spent the first two stages inside just cooling off. It was a pretty pretty hot day, for, especially for April in Alabama. And then we finished off the, um, uh, like I said, the last stage, watching from as much as we could from the infield, so. So, I mean, what, Big Bill's Garage, you know, this is uh, kind of a new situation. Isn't that place incredible to watch a race? Oh, my God. It was spectacular. <laughs> I, it was, but first of all, it was you know, air-conditioned. So, like I said, it was hot that day, so I was all for that. <laughs> there you and go. The ambiance in this. <laughs> But just, the, I guess, not only the ambiance of it and the feel of it, it makes you feel, I guess you say, you get a one-of-a-kind one of experience at Talladega while not taking yourself away from the actual race of it. And that's why I really right. appreciate it. So you kind of have a mix of both. And, we're like, we're just right back in the middle of the action, but we're able to, you know, be comfortable. And like I said, my dad's been um, dealing with some health issues, so I just didn't want to put him out in the sun for, you know, four hours to watch the whole race. But he really enjoyed himself. And like I said, I hope I get a chance to take him again, if not in October, hopefully in April, because I I think I'm going to have to put that on, I guess you say, my um, events calendar <laughs> for for uh, for the time being, because I that's definitely won't be – that was my first day of experience, but it definitely won't be my last. So, and the food prices and drink prices in there were incredible, wasn't they? Who are you telling? <laughs> like we mentioned before at the beginning of the um, interview, like I said, we went to the um, USF game the night before, and like I said, it was his birthday, so I treated him to the concession stands and whatnot. And when I did so again at you know at Talladega, I was like, oh, oh wow, you went home with change from Big Bill's Garage. <laughs> I, yeah, really, it I is like, incredible. Oh, it's like four dollars. Yeah, it's like four dollars you know, for a cheeseburger and fries. I'm like, what? <laughs> my job is to sell like, that, help sell that to them. 
and that's easy to sell oh, right there. You when you go in that garage, I said, when you go in that garage, I tell everybody there's free camping on the outside. You're saving money right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Take that money and spend it on Big Bill's garage, and you will not regret that experience because it puts you in victory lane. And then in that garage where mm-hmm. you buy food and you get to see the top 22 teams lined up, and all that divides you is a chain-link fence. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, we got there a little late. By the time we got there, the um, the lineup was happening, but... Yeah, definitely when I go back, we're going early enough to get into the garages and really look at it because one of the things that I was really jealous of during my internship I never got a chance to do because I just wasn't in into NASCAR um, at that particular time, especially it was at the very beginning of my internship, like literally literally our um, orientation weekend. They took us to the um, all-star race in Charlotte, and we got there early enough to – walk around and actually, you know, communicate with the drivers and their pit crews and crew chiefs and whatnot. And we even, um, like I said, that was about 10 years ago, so we even, I remember, was it Jamie McMurray spoke to us and his crew chief, and I want to say Harvick as well spoke with us as a group. So, and and a number of my uh, fellow interns at that particular time who were assigned to the, what's it, the automotive engineering department, who were very familiar with uh, stock car and stock cars and whatnot, they were actually able to go up to the drivers and get under the hood. And I think I even saw one of my uh, fellow interns, you know, pick up a wrench and tighten something up over the hood. I was like, whoa, now this is a fan experience right here. <laughs> so I want to definitely get back and get there early enough to get that experience myself. Like, I, maybe – I should probably stay away from the hood, but I'll let my dad take care of that because he takes care of it for me anyway. So, And, like, my brothers or my nephews take care of that, but I definitely just want to see that and be close enough to interact with the drivers as well, um, more than I, more than we were able to do this past Sunday. Kind of when this all started, I kind of helped the ARCA team for, like, three years part-time and several tracks and, you know, to push a car out on the speedway, just an old dumb country boy from Carbon Hill, Alabama, on, at Daytona and Talladega, <laughs> that's an awesome feeling. Because mm-hmm. there's only four guys that can roll that baby out there, and, and you roll her out in the right spot and park her for the race. That's a that's an incredible feeling. Definitely, definitely so much. And there's, and I'm not, I know you've been seeing there's no beer been a resurgence, of, not a resurgence, but just a growth of, you know, people, uh, minorities and women in the pit, pit roles nowadays. And it's all, it's from, it's almost to the point that I, that whenever I even meet a college uh, athlete, especially in football or, uh, or definitely football, basketball or whatnot, and they think about what they want to do after, uh, after college, but they still want to be athletic. I was like, hey, won't you, you ever looked into stock car? Like, those guys are definitely athletic. <laughs> so, and just to see the hustle and bustle of just the pit crews in action is is phenomenal. That's um, just yeah, something I was able to not only see. Just, yeah, I saw for the first time myself at the was it Coca Cola Six Hundred. I attended, like I said, ten years ago yeah. in Charlotte, as Charlotte. well as this weekend, and it it just blows my it blows my mind. I was like, that is just true athleticism. That I think that I think. I don't think like the world of sports really truly 
um, respects as much as they should. Well, you know, they've in cup cars, they've went from five lug nuts down to one single nut, and that's been kind of a challenge this year. So, But they're overcoming it. They're actually getting the tires changed, four tires changed faster than they can empty a gas can into the car. The correlation oh, to that wow. is just incredible. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. And they're down to one and, now. You know, okay. That's cool. Just just to be be able to go out and walk around with with a group of guys, people go, what do you get out of all this? I said, first of all, I'm hanging out with a bunch of people who love to win and want to be a winner. Now, where do you go <laughs> and everybody around you wants to be a winner? You know, that's, that's the way I sum it mm-hmm. up. So, listen, you've got to do Talladega on the Boulevard next in October. If you ain't never done that, what you did during the daytime was great, but the nightlife is just mm-hmm. as good. And what happens at the end of the of the racing trip is they have a wonderful race like Sunday, and you and you come back. And I always say it's better than Christmas. It happens twice a year. <laughs> Talladega. Okay, I'm gonna have to check that out. The the, the, uh, the Talladega on the Boulevard. I definitely keep that in mind. It's just a hot well, I it's took, just a little over I, under I took, hour in Birmingham, so I took two teams this time and both of the drivers looked at me and goes, You know, we worked all day on Friday and we went to the motel when we could have been coming right here on Friday night <laughs> and I said, It'll be here in April, so in October, so <laughs> It, it, it's a it's a one time you need to experience. It's like a souped up Mardi Gras down the boulevard. They had the, on Friday night they had the big one where the drivers went through the center of it over to where they had mm-hmm. the, the group that was that had the barbecue wrestling barbecue sauce wrestling. Yeah, oh, wrestled wow. okay. in barbecue <laughs> sauce. I don't know oh, no. why and how, but oh. that's what they do. I'm not. Sh- but. One, and then on Saturday I'm, night, I'm they kind have. I'm scared the, of, but at the same time, I want to check it out. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever you do, don't eat the barbecue around there. <laughs> it can be made to body closer. Duly noted. But, uh, Duly noted. Yes. <laughs> and, and then on Saturday, you know, with just the Sunday ticket, they've got free camping, and then you got the free concert that gives you admission into the infill on Saturday night, and then after it's over, you get to go down the boulevard and check out all the different clubs that's going on. And I'm telling you, I've been to a lot of NASCAR races, and people go, where's the place that has the most fun? And I've said, you go to Talladega, it's not one big party. It's a party after a party after a party after a party. There's no other track <laughs> like it. You think Daytona would be it. They're not. There's no, I mean, I've been, mm-hmm. I haven't been out on the West Coast, but I know about this side, and they just nobody does it like Talladega. Okay, now you, now you bring up Mardi Gras. I mean, that's a big, that's a big claim to have, especially myself. Like I said, I, I went to, I graduated from Grand State University, and I spent another, I say, seventy years in Louisiana after that. So when you talk about Mardi Gras. <laughs> to almost, I, know. I guess you say a part <laughs> Louisiana and like me, there's a lot to, uh, to live up to. 
Well, Saturday night at about 10.30, 11.30 down through there, it is just bumper to bumper with people. Yeah, all the way down through that long strip. It's crazy. So, uh, just getting ready for our do it. Do you cover any anything else? You ever been to the dirt track? I haven't been to the dirt tracks either. Um, um, I'm not. This is a long, long, long time ago. But um, the Birmingham, um, you say Fair Park area, actually used to have a dirt track, and I remember going to a race or two there when I was look. Yeah, little youngster, about knee high to a grasshopper, <laughs> but I haven't been back to a dirt track in quite a while, so I definitely I guess I'd have to put that on my list too as I'm getting back into my I guess you say uh, uh, racing enthusiasm <laughs> that's been like I said revigorated since um, I've been to Daytona. So, so I need to put a dirt track race on my on my um, agenda as well. Yeah, you, yes, you do. So, what's that? Was that track in midfield? That dirt track. It was actually um, it was um, I guess it's where the area in Birmingham is called the Crossplex now, um, but it's about it was literally right next door to Bill Harris Arena. Um, okay. Like I said, it's part of the Five Points West area, like kind of the um area of Birmingham right before you get into the downtown area. Um, it was actually the stadium where a lot of the Birmingham City School, um, high, Birmingham City High Schools played football for, for about a decade before um, each um, high school was actually assigned were actually assigned and given their own stadium. So I say from about say, 95 to um, let's see, the Birmingham High School, that arena was actually used for a, a number of things, including high school games, as well as dirt tracks when they had it. And I used to think when I was younger, they had the monster truck rallies out there as well. So um, it was a, definitely a multi-purpose um, arena that they they used in the Birmingham area that's now been converted into another type of multi-purpose multi-purpose arena that um, holds a lot of volleyball, swimming, competitions, uh, track and field. I mean, that's where a number of events for the World Games that's coming up is going to be held at that Crossplex. So. Yeah, that that's coming up. That's uh, When is that date? That's that's coming up really soon, isn't it? Um, I think the first, uh, the game started in July, the first week in July. Say yeah, after, okay. The first week in July after the 4th of July, so. Well, Felicia, I, I surely appreciate you calling and kind of giving us uh, your opinion on 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 the bringing you, especially bringing your dad on buck, knocking out his bucket list. And what a way! I mean, yeah, to bring him down and, and bring him to have the VIP right there. That that's you did everything but put him in a race car to race. Yeah, and that's why I thought uh, there may be another um, thing I may kick off his list because um, I know they have the, uh, if I'm not sure if the Richie Petty experience or I forgot who hosts this, the, um, they they hold a number of, um, did you say, they get, do. you know, ordinary people can't see the ride or drive like exotic cars like a Corvette or a Lamborghini. And um like I said, when that comes back around, I might have to give him that too, so so I can up myself. I 
Because one thing about me, when I give gifts, I like to up myself. So I was like, oh, okay, that's the next thing. That's the next problem <laughs> to um, uh, give him that experience. But, yeah, it was – and I told him that um, – that the only if I was gonna take him to a NASCAR race, I can only give you the experience that I experienced, and that was the experience that NASCAR g- itself gave me. <laughs> so I just didn't want to sh- sugarcoat it, like the shortcut it anyway. Just you no, know, if we're gonna go Dega, we're gonna go Dega. <laughs> you went, you went loud and proud. Let me tell you, I got to do ten laps, but it was the Dell Jarrett, which is no more. And let me tell you, ten laps. So everybody's like. You, what what car are you going to drive? I said, that car's going to know me when I get there. I mean, it was asked two or three days there. <laughs> we get there. I go, hey, I go. And now, this is how it worked. I go to get gas, and the gas stopped at like uh, $12 and something. I said, I'm pumping $13 in because it's my lucky day. I put $13 worth of gas in it, picked up my brother. We went on over there. Met my friends, my mother and my stepfather, and two more friends come to watch. What car? I said the car's gonna know me when I get there. I look over there. There sits the number thirteen Chevrolet SS Camaro in colonial blue, the same oh, wow. color shirt that I put on that morning. And in the door panel, in the middle, <laughs> between the number thirteen was a four-leaf clover, and my last name is Irish. It's not Maglight, but it's Irish. And I said, that's the car oh, wow. right there. And explained it to everybody, and they all agreed with it. I got in it 175 miles an hour. Yep. Woo, you were pushing it. <laughs> you were Let pushing me tell you. What, I, when you drive that car, no, I was just thinking back when you're up on the top of that wall up in three and you're going, I drove, you drive that car straight down a hill. And you go to that straight to that yellow line, and that tell you, it was an awesome feeling. It was an awesome. So even if you ride in the car around, it's going to be pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. The three laps, I, thought, I know they offer three laps of Richard Petty to ride around. Yeah. Yeah, and he's going back and forth whether or not he want to actually drive it or just ride in it. So <laughs> right, we'll have a figure well, out between now and October. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, it drove, honestly, Everybody asked me how that car drove. That car drove like it was on a rail, like on a railroad track. It did everything it was supposed to do. Mm. I mean, it they wasn't no wiggling or it was nothing. Like butter. It drove, <laughs> it drove better than the ride on the interstate over there. Mm. Yeah, it was a good drive. It was a good drive. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Well, look, yeah. I appreciate you spending time with us tonight and letting us. Talk a little bit about last week's experience with, at Talladega. Oh, no problem. All right. Thanks for having me. Love to come back sometime. Okay, <laughs> you, hey, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's meet up at, uh, in October. And uh, you need to get out to Talladega Short Track and check that dirt track out. That's that's going to be an experience all of its own. But, it's, hey, it's going to be a little dusty. It can be dust. Oh, uh, it's nothing, nothing wrong with a little dirt every now and then. It's nothing wrong with a little dirt. I know. Well, <laughs> I took a friend, and when we got to his house that night, when we walked in, his wife looked at us, and she says, I don't know. I know y'all been to the dirt <laughs> track, but I don't know where y'all sat, but y'all got pounded. I went in there and looked in 
because you want we wanted safety glasses. And I, I was a I looked like I had a red mask on, and I took a shower, got out, wiped my face off, and it was still dirty. I had to go take two showers, and still got dirt out of my ears the next morning. But we sat in the oh, wrong no. place. We sat in the wrong place. We got to experience it. Sounds like my last Mardi Gras experience. <laughs> Just sat in the wrong place. I've had some good ones. Yeah. I'm not going to go into it. <laughs> yeah, I've had some good ones, but that's in Mobile at, at, the, at the Mardi Gras Mobile. And I, I, I was just lucky and blessed to get out of there. That's all I can say about that, too. I think you appreciate Thanks Amen. a lot for being part of the show tonight. Oh, no problem, Roddy. Y'all have a good one. All right, dear. Thanks a lot. Bye.